Kentucky Girl, Chapter 8 After a little more than a year had passed, life had settled down. Each of the three girls had born a child. Betsy was the first with a boy, and Rachel was the second with a boy, while Nancy was third with a girl. In both Betsy and Rachel's birthing, Nancy was there to act as a midwife, even though she was pregnant at the time. Nancy had trained Betsy in all medical procedures that she knew, so that for Nancy's birthing, Betsy was quite capable, and so in all three cases, life went along naturally. These three women remained very close to each other and enjoyed each other's company. This was also true of the men. Farm life, mixed in with the duties at the fort, kept these three families happy and busy. Rachel interrogated each incoming homesteader as to who might be available as a teacher. Meanwhile, she continued planning for the rude schooling procedure she had started. One day, Rachel left her baby with Betsy and took dirty clothes to the creek. She did not want to contaminate the creek's drinking water, and so she went down the creek a bit to wash the clothes. While she was engaged in washing the clothes, a Shawnee jumped out of the bushes and clamped a hand over her mouth. Rachel was horrified and with mouth open to scream could not get the sound out before the Indian clamped his hand over it. Rachel jumped up and reached her arms out to claw the Indian's eyes out, but he was too quick for her and slammed his fist into her head, knocking her semi-unconscious. He knew exactly what he was doing as if he had practiced this before. He unwound a strip of raw hide from around his waist and quickly fashioned a noose, which he put around Rachel's neck, yanking it to cut off her wind. Just as she was about to pass out, he released the rawhide noose, but threatened her with his face. Be quiet. Rachel started to scream again, and the Shawnee yanked the rawhide, cutting off her wind again. And again, when he released the rawhide so she could breathe, he slammed his face into her head, knocking her to the ground. This time, when Rachel came to, she knew that the Shawnee controlled her completely. She was sick to her stomach, and her vision was red through anger. Her mind was numb, but in another area of her mind, she started thinking how she could get out of the situation. The Shawnee, on the other hand, was quite satisfied as to how this action came about. He was thinking that his woman would really like this slave he was bringing, but he thought she is a fighter and will require much discipline. I must be careful not to break any of her bones because we have many days travel to our village and I cannot carry her, so she must walk. He gave a slight yank on the rawhide around her neck to remind her. 
She tied her hands to her sides. And with that, he started out on a path through the woods, leading her behind him, but very mindful that she could do damage. They headed directly south alongside the creek. After a while, he turned sharply west, and after about a half a mile, they stopped. He tied her to a tree and warned her to be quiet by holding up a fist to her face. While they were on the trail going south, Rachel quietly broke small branches or twigs so that the others could follow the trail. This is exactly what the Shawnee was doing. That is, he was repairing what she had done, but only where they had turned west. He guessed that anyone following would continue the trail south, so he cleaned the area where they turned west, but then picked up the trail going south, breaking twigs once in a while, thereby giving a false trail for them to follow. When he was satisfied with this, he returned to where Rachel was tied to the tree. He examined her carefully and noticed that the rawhide around her wrist was wet. He knew, just like his puppy would do, she was trying to chew the rawhide in two. He did nothing about that but acted as if he did not see it. He did not want her to know that he would be watching for this in the future. Instinctively, he did not want to remove all hope from her while we were on the trail back to the village. If she had absolutely no hope of an escape, she would quit walking and I would either, either have to carry her or abandon her. Part of his thinking was reflected in Rachel's thinking. That is, she was clinging to the hope that when he was not looking, she might be able to chew the rawhide thong in two. It was not a strong hope, but it was a hope. Each day as they traveled, Rachel would look behind her and pick out unique landmarks to remind her of the direction that they traveled. Hoping against hope that she could escape this heathen and return home, she maintained a constant awareness of their direction by noting the path of the sun. The shadows of the trees would always tell her where the sun was. Day after day she noted that they were traveling due west. And if by some chance the Lord helped her out of this situation, she could return home by traveling east. She was not sure how to recognize the spot where they had turned west. This was such a small chance of happening that she put it out of her mind. She kept going through her mind different slight actions that the heathen might take and thus give her an opportunity to escape. She watched his every move and studied him intently. She needed to know his demeanor and therefore resulting actions when he felt threatened and or when there was no imminent danger. This intense observation of him was a complete secret due to Rachel's feminine wiles. If she ever had a chance to escape, it would have to be a complete surprise to him. What action this would be, she had no idea, but prayed to the Lord to help her and give her strength. The fact that she felt that the Lord was watching over her gave her the strength to get through each day. Her plight was so dire that another person would question why the Lord would allow this to happen in the first place, not Rachel. Whatever the future held, he would be by her side, and so she prepared for another day.
The Shawnee was feeling good how his venture was going so far. He imagined how it would be bringing this slave home for his woman. He remembered how two other braves had captured a slave for their women, and how the other women of the village kept admiring these braves. Now he would be the one to receive the little eye contacts and smiles from the other women. He could imagine just laying in the sun and having his woman bring him little tidbits to eat. During the day yesterday, his captive seemed listless and not caring whether she ate or not. However, during the night last night, he had tied her to a tree so he could get some sleep, and she had tried chewing through her thongs. So tonight he tied her ankles to a log and her hands together. He also shortened the thong around her neck and then tied it to his hand, which was laid across his body. To complete the arrangements, he made her lie down next to him. By this arrangement, he would feel any movement on her part to chew the thong in two and would waken instantly. Yanking the noose around her neck to quiet her. With this arrangement, he felt secure and closed his eyes to sleep. He listened to her breathing and when it became deep and steady, he knew she was asleep and allowed himself to sleep. Rachel was alert, and her mind was going very fast. She controlled her breathing, knowing that he was listening to her. She listened to his breathing a while, and after his breathing became heavy and slow, she carefully raised her upper body and at the same time leaned toward him. She was very careful to keep the thong attached to his hand slack. She leaned over him as he was lying on his back and poised with her mouth over his throat, slamming down her head, her mouth clamped around his throat, shutting off his air supply. Instantly he was awake and fought to remove her. He twisted violently and tried to get his legs under her. Rachel twisted her body so that he could not get his legs under her. The Shawnee was using his hands as well as his feet but Rachel thwarted his every move. With his lack of air, the Shawnee quickly succumbed. Rachel continued to clamp down on his throat even after his thrashing stopped. Finally, Rachel released her grip and raised up. She became aware of her new situation. Now what to do? She removed the thong from his hand and then rolled the body on its side and with both hands, she reached down and got his knife from its scabbard. Using the knife, she cut the thongs holding her ankles and feet to the log. After a moment or two, the blood recirculated through her feet and she used her feet to pull two large rocks up to her. She wedged the knife between these two rocks so that the cutting edge was uppermost. She made quick work of cutting the thong between her hands by putting the thong on the blade and sawing it back and forth. 